0: morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. Can't believe it's already the end of the week. Casey Gisclair here wishing you all a great start to your day. We're going to do some things a little bit different today. We're going to have Chandler Guitros on like in 30 seconds. We've got him on the line waiting and ready to go. He usually comes on at 1145, but we've got Taylor Griffin coming on at 1145. We couldn't get him on Wednesday and we've been scheduling and rescheduling. He was free at 1145, so we Move Chandler up. We'll have the turtle in the next segment. So, with that having been said, let's fire away. We've got Coach Chandler Guitros of South LaFouche Baseball on the line right now. Coach Guitros, good morning, buddy. How we doing?
1: Casey, I'm not going to lie. I was doing a lot better till you tell me I got bumped the turtle, man.
0: That <laughs> yes, the turtle has bumped you out of your, your time slot. We apologize in advance for that. Um, brother, tough night yesterday. There's no way, shape, or form. There's no, nothing I could say to, to illustrate it any Better than that. It was a tough night. You guys go play Thibodeau, have an early lead. They kind of storm back at you. Have chances late, can't convert. Uh, some interesting things happen late. We can maybe talk about that later. Um, not a not a great night for the Tarpons. How do you guys bounce back over the weekend?
1: Hey, look, it's going to be tough just on the schedule. We got uh, we got Dunham uh, coming up tomorrow morning. Who uh, you know talking to coaches? They're they're a lot better than their record shows. Uh, you know, look at the schedule they played, and you could kind of kind of see. Uh, some of those results and some of the teams that they've beaten that they're a very very solid baseball team Uh, and then edie white who i think is another team that it could be tough uh you know we got a pretty good idea that we might be seeing Weimer; he hadn't pitched yet in the later part of the week and uh they're tough to beat when he's on the mound uh frankly they could beat anybody in the state with him on the mound so definitely a big challenge and then coming right out of that we uh open district with the defending 4a and 3a state champions so Look, we ain't got uh, any time to feel sorry for ourselves about what happened uh, throughout these last couple of games. We were in every game and didn't find a way to pull through. But if you uh, you sit down licking your wounds, you're going to get beat up pretty bad with the schedule we got coming up. So it's important that we rally our guys together uh, to let them understand, like, you know, some physical errors happened. We, we made some mistakes in these last couple of games that cost us. But, uh, you know, you can't take it from one game to another. You're still the same team that you were whenever you were 8-0. Uh, actually hitting the ball a little bit better right now uh you just got to keep uh you know especially with an inexperienced team steady of course and uh keep believing in what you're doing and the results are going to show up later
0: with a young crew and a crew that was coming into the season mostly inexperienced at the varsity level you guys had to know there would be a lull or you know uh hitting the kind of a wall at some point in the year now i guess the challenge is going to be how do you guys get over that hump amidst a very tough schedule, bro. You guys got your work cut out for you. But it looks – say this. The one thing that's impressive, the kids don't quit. You know, they, Central LaFouche, you guys are down 6-1. They don't quit. They tie it up and have chances to win. Last night, you guys had the bases low. Like, the kids are not giving up in any stretch of the imagination. So, that's got to feel good.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it feels great um, to see that. That's the the biggest thing that we do well is we compete. And if, uh, if teams are giving scout reports on us, I think that's the first thing that's going to – on every scouting report, is that those dudes compete, they play hard, and they're coming after you. And uh, look, with inexperienced teams, not so much young because we do have a lot of seniors, but with inexperienced teams, there will be highs and lows, man. There they're just will. It's part of it, it's part of the curve. Uh, you know, especially only getting three preseason games, and uh, you got a couple of starters coming back from basketball. There are highs and lows with it, so you got to ride the highs when they're on it. And uh, look, it's, uh, it's not, I told the kids last night, it's not no time to push the ban- panic button. Through 12 games in 2021, we were 6-6, six and six, and in 2022 or 5-7, and seven, right now we're sitting at 8-4. and four. So, you know, you're still in a good position to do everything that you want to do. It's, uh, it's really just all about how you play, getting a more consistent level, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and, uh, you know, just playing uh, to your standard and not so much based on what the opponent or the scoreboard are dictating.
0: So you're a little bit hamstrung and I understand that, uh, based on these ridiculous rules that they put in place saying that you guys can't comment on different things or whatever it may be. So I'm not gonna ask you to say that it was a bad call to end the game. I'll say it. It was a bad call to end the game. What were you told? What were you what message was relayed to you last night at the end of the game? Uh, whenever they, they said that the, the game was over with the bases loaded.
1: Um, the umpire had a swing and a hit by a pitch, which is an automatic strike call. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to comment too much on it. Everybody could draw their own conclusions. Either you were there or you've seen video on it. Uh, so uh, that that was the call. That was the explanation we got. Uh, you know, th- those guys really are doing their best, man. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes they get them right. Sometimes they miss them. Uh, we always going to treat those guys with respect. That's not the reason that we lost the game or anything like that. Uh, you know, the three errors that we had in uh, in an inning that allowed them to, uh, I guess, uh, extend that lead and make it difficult for us to come back. Had a lot more to do with it. We stranded bases loaded in the sixth and seventh inning, albeit, you know, one was a little bit controversial. Uh, but uh, an umpire is never a reason that you're going to lose a game. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame what happened. You know, they feel bad about it. I feel bad about it for the kids. But, uh, you know, and... Above all else, all credit goes to Thibodeau High School and their kids. Uh, on you going into the season, and I believe I said it on air that I thought Assumption and Thibodeau coming back would be two of you better teams in the area. Uh, I think Thibodeau in 5A is uh, is going to be a strong out come playoff time. Like they're really good, one through nine, they swing it. They had 10 hits against our best guy, and uh, they were just a very impressive team. So whatever happened, and uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I can't comment uh, as you said too much on the situation. But it needs to be understood that uh, Thibodeau High took it to us. They deserved it.
0: For sure, man. Look, let's talk about this. Um, I watched the game last night on and off, but obviously I was there on Monday. And one of the things that was an issue on Monday, and it was a little bit of an issue also in the game against Terrebonne that we did on the radio, was was outfield defense, man. Just the guys just making routine plays out there. kind of bit you a little bit on Monday. It was a little bit of an issue against Terrebonne. What's going on, man? Like, is it a situation where we can maybe see some more shuffling out there? Do you think that you got the right three and they just need more seasoning? Like, what's going on out there in the outfield?
2: Um,
1: really, but our two corner guys uh, that we have out there right now, they have never played outfield before. You know, one's been behind the plate his whole live, The other one's been a shortstop his whole live. And I know it's easy to say, you know, catching a fly ball is catching a fly ball. But uh reads off a bat, and especially playing under the lights, it, it's different on those high fly balls and stuff. And another one just coming from basketball. We've been shuffling guys in and out. We've been trying to create as much competition as possible in practice. Uh, We are very aware that it's an issue, especially getting the guys used to getting behind the baseball rather than drifting and catching the ball with two hands. And um, I think we got a lot better at that throughout the course of this week. And a big adjustment that we made is we used to – or normally we'd use machines – to pump fly balls out to our guys in the outfield, whereas this week Coach Buck and I I's back are pretty sore right now. I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> uh, because we're, we're spending literally just on the outfielders from home plate hitting fly balls at their positions for 30 minutes straight, each to a corner and to center. And uh, it's about getting reads off the bat, man. It's, it's uh, different when you haven't done it before. I guess it's hard to explain as far as, uh, you know, <laughs> what type of swing is that ball going to either tail toward the line or understanding when. So that's the adjustment we made, and I thought we did a much better job yesterday uh, once we re emphasized those points this week at practice. And uh, it'll feel good to get some ice on the back this weekend. I'm glad we're playing and not practicing.
0: So let's talk about this. You guys got two games on Saturday, and then you got the game with South Terrebonne coming up on Tuesday. How do you maneuver that? Is with, with the arms? You know, that's three quality opponents in a short stretch of time, and you've already used, you know, one guy on Thursday. I know Mason would be available again on Tuesday, but how do you. How do you weave through that because that's a lot of baseball in a short time and a lot of high-stakes baseball in a short time?
1: Yeah, and, uh, right now it's uh, we really have uh, three starting pitchers that we've relied heavily on in Mason, Luke, and Brock, and uh, we don't know when uh, when Jacob's going to be back. It might, uh, Like I said before, it might be in a couple of weeks. It might be later on down the line in the season, but he's going to be back when he's ready to be back and not a second sooner. Uh, so, yeah, it is uh, kind of tough navigating it. I guess the big thing that we have to realize is understanding scores and situations in games uh, like last night down, uh, I believe we were down four, going into the uh, top of the or bottom of the six, and we pull Mason at 84 pitches. It's like we're not going to run your pitch count up unless you're tying or taking a lead right here. Uh you know, we got him out that game so we could save, you know, 30 extra pitches out of his arm. That way he gets that extra rest uh, going into next week. And it's just uh, about being smart about it. Uh, if you're up big or down big, trying to get that guy out of there, work your bullpen a little bit. And, uh, you know, we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet, so there's a lot more pitches to be thrown. we got to make sure we're taking care of our
0: guys. No doubt, brother. Good stuff as always. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck tomorrow, Ponda.
1: All right, Casey. Tell Turtle I said hello.
0: I sure will, my man, <laughs> and we will get you back at 11.45 next week, I promise. All
1: right, dude, y'all take
0: it easy. Yep, that is Coach Chandler. is doing a good job, as always. Yeah, man, I felt bad. We had to move him out of his spot. He's been in that spot forever, but look, I feel like when you're in a three-game losing streak, you you want to change the energy, right? Like, you want to – coaches, sometimes they'll sit on the right side of the dugout, then they lose a game or two, they'll go sit on the left side of the dugout. We're just changing the momentum. Coach, that's all we're doing. We're changing the mojo. Um and who knows if the Tarpons <laughs> beat Dunham and E.D. White in South Terrebonne and Lutcher. We may have Chandler on at 1130 on Friday for eternity, for all I know. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to the turtle. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after
3: this.
4: The music on the bayou, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM. I am Dean Saabaw, candidate
1: for Great LaFouche Port Commission, seat a lifelong resident of the 10th Ward. Our work towards reducing the millage being collected, preserve the current structure of the Port Commission, and no conflicts of interest. I am retired and able to commit a time serving as a commissioner. Please vote for me, Dean Sava, on March 25th. Early voting from now through March 18th at the Laurel Civic Center. Please vote for Dean Sava, Great Lafouche Port
4: Commission, E. Paid for by the Dean Savoy Campaign Fund. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities to begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers. 985 446 3333. That's 985 446 3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trial Lawyers.
5: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most.
3: Here's Pastor Rick with a special message.
7: Hi everybody, this is Pastor Rick Warren. Would you like to live an extraordinary life? One where you make a lasting contribution that serves God and blesses others? A life where you use all your skills and abilities and talents to pursue your dreams? Well, guess what? God wants you to live that life. In fact, he created you to live a life of significance as you pursue the dream he's placed in your heart. That's why I've written a new book called, Created a Dream, The Six Phases God Uses to Grow Your Faith. It explains the process that God uses to deepen your faith as he moves you step by step closer to your dream. You can go to pastorrick.com slash dream and you can get the first chapter there. Thank you so much, I love you.
0: You know, it's really funny um, that we're playing this, because during the last commercial break, there was a lightning that struck so close that it sounded like something in the studio would be burning down. So either it's raining outside, or Taylor Griffin has pyro for his entrance now when he comes on the radio. Taylor, which is it, brother? Good morning. How we doing?
2: (laughs) It is a little bit of both, sir.
0: Good morning, how y'all doing today? (laughs) We're doing great, man. Look, let's start with the NCAA tournament. That's what everybody's talking about. That's what everybody's watching. I spent a good chunk of my day yesterday just sitting down and being a boy, just eating junk food and watching college basketball and you know, gambling on the games and doing all that fun stuff. Talked to you before we got on the air. You're a zag this year. You picked the zags. Have you watched much of the, uh, the tournament? I think it's wide open, bro. I think any of these teams could beat anybody on any given
3: day.
2: I, uh, I had a terribly busy day yesterday. I was away from the office at a marketing conference in Tiborough, and I did not get to watch a single game until I got home. I peeked in on Tennessee and UL, and it was a hell of a game. Sucks that the Cajuns came up short, but uh, that was the only action I got to see yesterday. Uh, now, as far as my bracket goes yesterday, not terrible. You know, uh, none of the crazy upsets were picked by me, but, you know, nothing's busted. I got Gonzaga going all the way. You know, losing Arizona this early is not a huge loss. Losing Virginia this early is not a huge loss. Like, I'm all right. So, So, we'll see what happens today. (laughs)
0: Like, I I mentioned this on Facebook yesterday, and I was kind of being tongue-in-cheek about it, but I'm kind of also serious, right? Like, we watch college basketball for three months. We don't see a single buzzer beater. Then when the NCAA tournament starts, we see like five or six of them in a stretch of two days. Like, there's a magnet in the ball, right? Like, there's something rigging these shots going in, right? Like, I, I, I'm not falling for this every year. There's something fishy going on, right?
6: <laughs>
2: as as unbelievable as it sounds, it's it's somewhat believable, man. It's <laughs> it, It's crazy. It's crazy how every year is just buzzer beater city. I mean, is it because we don't watch everyone else all year? Could that be it? Like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but, like, I don't watch as much college basketball as I used to, you know, because I'm just watching every Nichols game in person, and I'm good. You know, I'm set. As you and I were just talking about on the uh, off the air earlier, like, LSU had a bad year this year. There's no need for me to – Chase them down looking for the SEC network to watch them lose every game. You know, our other teams that we root for, North Carolina, bad year this year. They're on national TV. Who cares? You know, it was kind of a crapshoot whether or not they were going to win this year. Um, so is it because we're just not noticing the buzzer beaters and we're not watching Sports Center top 10 every day? Maybe they are happening and we're just not noticing. Or I don't know, maybe you're on something because. Anyone who watched all day yesterday, from what I understand, a lot of freaking beaters going on. And while I'm here, let me tell you a funny story. Sure. We're uh this was back Luke Harringode's last year at Notre Dame. Oh. Uh the first round was hosted in New Orleans, so Josh Gidry and myself go to the first round. I mean, we we take off, we go hey, Thursday morning. 10 in the morning, we're in New Orleans ready to party. We're there all day, all, all day. And we're like, man, we're going to see some March Madness buzzer beat us today. We're going to see it. You know, it always happens. You know, it's just crazy time of the year. We were so worn out. They had the break in between session one and session two. We went to Bourbon. You know, we did what 21-year-olds do all day. We come back, we like, bro, I can't take it no more. I can't hang no more. And I think it was Texas who had, like, the late game that night. And we just left before, before it was even over. There's the one buzzer beater that happened on opening <laughs> night Thursday. <laughs> we didn't get to see it in person. But, yeah, you you, you might be on to something, man. The magnet at the ball, the rigging of the game. I mean, everyone else Saying that you know the NFL scripted and boxing's fake and everything else is fake. why not NCAA March Madness? I mean, who the hell knows? You onto something, Casey?
0: Just something to think about. And another thing that was ridiculous yesterday, and I could ask you about this, but you said you watched the game. Look, Louisiana Lafayette—they they, they want to be called Louisiana, right? They don't want to be called ULL. They want to be either called UL or Louisiana. So. CBS yesterday abbreviates their name L-S-I-A-N-A on the scoreboard. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm an LSU snob, right? I think they should be ULL. That's the name of their school. I think they should be ULL. But I'm thinking to myself, like, I would rather UL than whatever the hell vomit alphabet soup they put on the scoreboard. Yes, that was
3: disgusting. <laughs> what was that?
2: I don't know, man. <laughs> Almost forgot, to you mentioned it. Yeah, that was that was just gross to look at. That was... That was just as bad as our left-handed athlete discussion we had last. week. <laughs> just <laughs> gross to look at, man. But no, um, and, and look, in all series, just from a just from a basketball fan standpoint, I would have been very interested to see this year UL versus LSU.
0: Oh, they would have beat us into into smithereens, man. It would have been it would have been bad.
2: It was one of those years, man. It was one of those years.
0: Yeah, it was it one beat, of those years.
2: We've seen LSU lose to Nichols before. It's not out of the ordinary. UL was really, really strong this year. I mean, shit. They had a McDonald's All-American on their team this year. I mean, they were the real deal. They had a fantastic season. I think they would have beat the Tigers into the ground myself. Um, that would have been cool to see. But, yeah, the whatever that abbreviated nonsense was last time, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. The ULL, Raging Cajuns. the the USL cages, whatever we want to call them, they deserve better
0: than that. Yes, yes, they deserve better than that. That's very well said. Let's talk about this, man. Um, There are rumors and whispers that Austin Claunch wants out of Nichols, and he is applying and interviewing everywhere in the world to try to figure out what his next destination is going to be. He was a finalist at at, uh, Idaho. Rather, was offered the job. I'm actually hearing that he may have turned that down. He is a finalist at New Mexico State. He's interviewing at other places, and you know, I don't know if he is going to interview at Power 5 Jobs to maybe be a lead assistant or an associate head coach somewhere, maybe even, but it seems like he's trying to plan his exit. What do you make of that, bro? Is it a situation where he's just tired of making less money than what he could make, or is it a situation where he says... Hey, I don't have Manny Littles, Latrell Jones, Huffman, Delcadia. Like, I don't have a lot of my team back, and I don't know how good we're going to be. That's what that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, man, and like we talked about before, there's just a lot of pressure on hitting a bunch of home runs in the recruiting trail, and I don't know that he's wanting to be involved in that. I think he wants to go somewhere else and try something else.
2: Uh, you know, I respectfully, I don't think that's it, man. I I don't think. I don't think he's tired of recruiting and tired of hustling and tired of rebuilding a bunch of fifth-year seniors. I don't. I don't think that's it. Um, I think it's just a simple case of he's young, he's hungry. You get to this level for a reason. You get to this level to not stop. With all due respect, in the Southland Conference, you're not. You know, he's what thirty-four, thirty-five years old. Like. Yeah, you're not gonna be conti- if you're a winning coach who has had nothing but success since you started. You just know that there's greater things destined for you, and you know, absolutely no disrespect to Nichols because I love Nichols. I, me being greedy, I wish we could keep it for ten more years and see what happens. But you just know when it comes down to budgets and facilities and just all the tools that we can have you know there's there's limits and someone like austin Claunch, i would not be surprised if 10 years we look up from now and he is the head coach at a major power five school who's you know a top six seed in the tournament every year like i think he really can be that good and you know I hate to use the term stepping stone because it may it may come with a disrespectful tone but it's you know you have to start somewhere and he's found great success really fast at such a young age like you don't get into this game to stop here you know so I think it's just a case of he knows he's worth more he knew that he wasn't planting his seeds and raising a family in Tibero no disrespect to Tibero but he's just destined for bigger things in the college basketball world so i think that's all it is i don't think he's tired of the process i think he's just ready for the next level that's all that that's what i'm feeling
0: so let's speculate here for a second and let's just say austin clonch goes to new mexico state and the the men's job is open let me spitball a theory here at you and i'm going to see what your thoughts are because it's kind of out there but then again it's really kind of not a lot of people are linking Justin Payne to the women's basketball coaching position because he's a Nichols guy. He was a, an assistant coach under Doobie. He recruited and is now a head coach. He's doing great things. If Austin Clunch goes, wouldn't you maybe be inclined to maybe pitch him to be the men's basketball coach? Like so He's never coached the men before, but he's wanted to coach men before. Right out of college, he wanted to coach men, and it just ended up happening that the only thing that was open was the women. Boy, I could see a world where you have a young man who used to be the Nichols point guard who's going to still have those same relationships recruiting in Louisiana and that same passion. I could see where JT would say, hey, yeah, we may be interested in you with the women, but what about if we flip this over and you came back home in the other locker room? What do you think about that? Dude, That's
2: I never thought about that once. Uh, I see, I see how successful Justin Payne is coaching those women at Georgia Southwestern, I see the how comfortable, how successful, how just everything is just going fantastic for him. And I just never pictured him going back to coach the men because he's just, he's in the flow of coaching women and I think it's it would be such a major change for him. And look, this is one of my boys. This is like, I got all the confidence in the world that he could find success anywhere. But I think it would be a really tough transition for him to just jump into the men's game and all of a sudden – like, I don't know the recruiting process for Division Two women's basketball in Georgia. I don't. I don't know how different or how similar it may be. Can he dive into a men's Southland team – and start doing that heavy transfer portal, you know, rebuild, reload with some older established guys like Claunch has been doing, which has proven to be the recipe for success in the Southland. If you look around at what everyone's doing, can Justin Payne do that? I think he can. But to me, it just sounds like a scary transition when he's just, yeah. I think, just been doing things totally different on a completely, you know, it's, it's almost a different sport you know, I realize it's just men and women basketball, but it's division two women in another state. Like just things are so different. Um I don't know, man. I, I like the idea. Like, he's an absolute dog at everything he does. He I just can he can he click and figure it out right away in three months? I don't know. That's a lot to think about. That's a lot to process. But I'm open for it. If they want to do it, I'm all in. Like, I, whatever, I'm fully supportive of them because I think he could figure it out.
0: Look, my my two guys are JP and KJ. And look, I'll be honest. I'm just trying to be greedy. I'm trying to figure out a way to get them both. So I'd say, hey, give one to the men, give one the women. Let's get them both over here,
2: dude. We would be partying. If it <laughs> about, it would be yeah, bring it, bring it. KJ Lee was a I believe he was an assistant at Pachatula High. They won state for the girls right off the bat. Then he becomes an assistant at Southeastern. It took a few years. They win conference. They they dance. And, I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that translates to more successful, more success than Justin Payne. But yeah, why not? Why not? Let KJ take the women. Let Justin Payne take the men. Bring them both home. Let's see what happens. That that would be beautiful, man. I, I support that idea.
0: Let's talk some bitty basketball, man. I covered the international tournament on Monday. Well, really on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday for the boys and the girls over at Thibodeau. Don't know why it's called an international tournament when all the teams are from Louisiana, but that's neither here nor there. Um, let's talk about this, man. Um, look, you're you're now a dad, and you're going to have a, a, a boy who's going to be involved in all this stuff real soon. I'm telling you, bro. Put on your seatbelt, man. These people are acting ridiculous. They're on the court. They got people that are... Talking about their kids' brand, like bro, your kid's eight, man. Your kid, like your kid, is barely potty trained, bro. You are talking about your your child's brand and everything so, Like the parents are nuts, man. I am just warning you in ahead of time. Like it's not the same as when you and I played. When you and I played, the parents would be overzealous in terms of arguing with the officials or whatever it may be. That's that's fairly normal stuff. Now it's all about exposure and rankings and trying to be like, what the hell are we talking about, man? These kids are eight, bro. Have you ever – do you think that there's any college coach in the world that is watching game film of an eight-year-old? Like, man, we've lost our way in a bad way. It's crazy, bro. No, no,
2: you're right. It is absolutely insane. It's nuts to think about. There was no coverage, recruiting, watch list of anything – of LeBron James's kids Until they got to high school Like everyone needs to relax <laughs> These Biddy parents need to relax And look I think the Biddy organization as a whole Is just such a mess It's almost like we need to start over I mean look at just something as simple as How we used to do Rec League And Pony And all this other stuff for baseball And that, that's that's pretty much dead it's it's all travel ball from here on out. Now look, I know AAU is just as much of a circus as anything, but it's almost time for just a complete revamp and just do travel basketball at this point. I mean, I I don't know what else to think, what else to do. Just get get some legit coaches in there, start building and developing these serious programs, do Just like the farm system in Thibodeau, make a basketball version of it, take it serious, get the funds, pay real coaches who want to be there, who are there for the development of the players and nothing else, and start from there. Because I think think youth basketball, anything outside of that, is just becoming such a lost cause. It's an absolute joke. I went to a biddy tournament in Lockport a couple weekends ago, it's it's nuts it's the parents are nuts the officials actually were like some of the best officiating i've ever seen on the biddy level i mean look i was watching nine and ten year old boys bidding but like ashton Dillon and coy verdon did fantastic and like no one had anything to complain about except for like the parents who don't understand the game and like think that something was unfair because they're just simply ignorant uh I saw, I saw coaches making it more about themselves than the team. I saw parents making it more about themselves than their own kids, and parents making it more about their kids than the team. Biddy is a joke. It's a mess. Look, that, dude. <laughs> I saw multiple sides of multiple games. Like, this isn't a shot at one team. This is, this is a, a statewide Dumpster fire that needs to be put out. Oh, look! It- Sorry if that offends anyone, but no, I know, I know there's some good ones out there. I know we've got some good coaches in our area that are that I'm friends with. They obviously know I'm not talking about them, but the majority, it's just starting to look like a whole lot of rotten apples that's making the whole thing look bad. It's time for a revamp.
0: Sorry. No, dude, I'm with you, bro. It's crazy, man. And and look, it's still, the majority are still normal, insane. But boy, that, and I mentioned this yesterday or or Monday, whenever I brought it up, is that it used to be 1% was bad. And now it's Four or five percent, and boy, like they're becoming louder and louder and louder. And I don't know, man. It, I, I, you're right. Something's got to be done. Let, let let's talk about this for a second. And I'm not trying to diminish anything that this organization did, but Terrebonne Parish Recreation won the championship on the girls' side, and that's awesome. That, they, they, more power to them. I'm happy for them. Everything of the sort. Okay. But but I often wonder if we in Lafouche Consolidated and made one team. And it wasn't the big 5A school, Terrebonne, facing a bunch of little 1A schools like South Lafouche, Central Lafouche, Thibodeau, whatever it may be. Like, we would beat their ass, right? Like, let's talk some trash. Like, we we would have won those games when we were kids, right?
2: I think so. Because, I mean, well, first of all, when we were kids, LaRose had no problem just just beating TPR. (laughs) There you go but uh, you know things were a lot different back then but anyway um, yeah it's it may it may hurt some kids feelings it may hurt some parents feelings but like you have to stay competitive at this point if so what you're saying look i don't i don't keep up you telling me TPR is still TPR Terrabone is just making a Terrabone all-star team with all of terribone parish
0: yeah so right? they look they're making one team out of their population base, which is 110,000 people, and in Lafouche, a parish of 100,000 people, we're making three teams. And look, it used to be four, but now we're making three teams: South Lafouche, Central Lafouche, and Thibodeau. And I mean, obviously, they're getting the better of us. There, it's 110,000 people population facing population bases of 30 30 30 it's really like a 5a school facing a bunch of 2a schools of course they've got it and look they're a great team i'm not diminishing what they're they're incredible but they do have an advantage there there's no doubt about it
2: oh yeah yeah i'm uh i'm with you on that and i think it would just um it would it would just take a lot of people willing to fold and drive an extra 20 minutes an extra 30 minutes whatever find a central location and you know, is it impossible? No, but it's it would it would just take a lot of dedication, a lot of people willing to change, willing to adapt because I mean look, we you got three teams that, that used to be what, like eight teams when we were kids? Yeah. You got three teams that can't compete with the neighboring parish who makes one team and meanwhile, you know, you want to branch out some more? Like dude, I could remember playing against like Kenner and JPRD East and West and all the, they're picking from 1500 kids and we're building a team with like 50 kids. <laughs> like, why are we not just at least having a Lafouche all-star team? I mean, maybe because their population is just so dense and it's not that big of a deal for that many kids to be close to the central operating gym. Whereas, You'd have to be in the middle of the parish, and you got people, you got to have people from Galliano willing to go to Matthews or Raceland, and you got to have people from Thibodeau willing to go that far. That's a little more inconvenient than like everyone in a city that all lives 10 minutes away from the spot. Maybe that's why, but if you want to compete, I mean, I think you have to do that. I, I think you simply have to do it. Start the league early and make, and make two South Lafourche all-star teams, two Central Lafourche all-star teams, two Thibodeau all-star teams, and then get them to all play together and then pick an all-star team from there to travel. Like, who really wants to do this and who's really good enough? And then just go from there. I mean, look, I know I've made this comment before. Like, I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers. But then again, like, I'm not... It's not my job to have those answers. But since you asked, like... I don't know, maybe we start there. Maybe maybe my recommendation is stupid. Like that's okay, just tell me. But I don't know where else to go from there. But I think you're right. I think there has to be some sort of willing to combine if you want to compete. All
0: right, so let's talk about some wrestling before we wrap up, bro. We're getting closer and closer to WrestleMania. There's a lot of intriguing storylines, both good and bad, I guess. You got uh the Roman and uh, Roman Reigns and Cody stuff and Cody and Sami Zayn are kind of aligned and like they're helping each other. It's kind of weird. Like you would think that they would be wanting to pull them away. That's kind of quashed down the rumors of a three way, but instead they're bringing them together. And I don't know. It's just some interesting stuff there. You got Brock Lesnar and Omos that they kind of botched their spot on Monday. But then again, their spot also got the most YouTube views of anything from Monday night. So people are interested in that. Um, I don't know, man. What, what's intriguing you of, uh, of, uh, Bray Wyatt is apparently not competing at WrestleMania. He's got a lingering injury that's just never healed since his last match, so that's kinda weird. What are your thoughts, man? We're getting closer to the show. Are you excited?
2: Uh yeah. I'm super excited. I'm seriously concerned. Like, is Bray Wyatt like physically hurt or is he back to like like I don't even know what's real and what's scripted anymore, like with his promos and whatnot that we saw about how he needed to find himself and his mind was messed up is bray wyatt just a mentally ill person who needed to step away again like if that's what it is fine but just tell us you know like the the world is so different now than it was 20 years ago like you don't have those old school locker room bullies who are gonna like make you feel bad about not being mentally okay like someone needs to say something so we just so we know if, like, we should expect a WrestleMania surprise, or can we just write him off and not think about it? You know, like something needs to happen. And of course, if that's what the situation is, you know, hope he gets better. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Omos—it is starting to get a little more intriguing. Uh, just two monsters like that in the ring—I'm interested to see what happens. Hopefully, they don't ruin it. Hopefully, it's not a four-minute squash and they actually do some destruction. Uh, I'm also kind of digging the Kevin Owens thing, getting involved again with the bloodline you know, him and uh what was it, Solo Sokoa the other night, you know, in their street fight. That one that was entertaining. That was fun to watch. You know, they go backstage, the Usos get involved, they come back out, you know. Kevin Owens ends up going through the six chairs lined up in the middle of the ring. You know, they're doing some tough spots and it's it's entertaining. It's they're being real destructive putting their bodies on the line I'm digging it Um, the whole Cody and Sammy thing with Roman and I mean it's it's hard to keep up with I I don't even know what to think of it but it's it's fun it's fun to watch it's it's keeping me glued and it's uh, just more and more build up more and more excitement for the big show man I can't wait till we get there
0: can we please and look this is my one gripe my one complaint can we please end Edge feuding with Judgment Day? That's been going on for what feels like six years now. And Edge is not there long enough to sustain it so like, it comes and it goes and you don't know when it's on, when it's off. It's going to be a hell in a cell match. Can we please end that feud? I am begging whoever's booking this stuff. I don't want to see this anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's time. It's time. I think it's run its course. I think it's it's almost time to completely disassemble Judgment Day. You know, let Rhea Ripley go on her run and be the women's champ, and just... and I don't care if it's heel or face. Like, just break it up. Uh, you know, if Damian Priest wants to move on and do some kind of other, like new Judgment Day, new extension, recruit some new, whatever you want to call them, fine. Uh, I'd love to see Demon Finn Balor come back at SummerSlam, uh, just just for shock value, if anything, and with you if you know Dominic challenging his dad Ray to a match at WrestleMania, you know, yeah, Ray turned it down, but you know, this is you and I predicted this on the air 6 months ago. Like this is what this is building up to. It's time for Ray to retire. It's time for Dominic to end his dad's career in the ring. They get up, hug it out, whatever. Dominic becomes his own man. I don't care if he's heel or face the week after, but it's time to disassemble Judgment Day in the feud with Edge retire edge also like if he wants to come back for some one-off stuff every wrestlemania cool he could be one of those legends but he's not here often enough to sustain us believing him to be a threat anymore so i'm with you it's time to end all of that
0: last question that i got for you and then i'll let you go um there are rumors look the hall of fame is the night before mania and there's always it's always pretty straight-laced, right? You know, like there's not really any storylines involved. Everybody's there kind of just enjoying themselves and, you know, being themselves. There are rumors that during Rey Mysterio's induction speech, Dominic's gonna have a run in, and that's what's gonna lead to the WrestleMania match. Bro, I don't know what to think and I think it'd actually be pretty cool. I think it would build so much heat for Dominic the next night that it'd be ridiculous. What are your thoughts, man, as it's looking like they may blend a straight-laced Hall of Fame ceremony into story, and that may be what pushes them over the ledge and gets them to that WrestleMania match. What do you think about that?
2: I'm okay with it, man. Last time we saw a Hall of Fame run-in, it was some nutcase out of the crowd tackling Bret Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we know anything can happen at what's supposed to be a serious event, now is the time to play into the hands of something real and you know make it believable for that split second play into the storyline and yeah let's roll with it man let's let's do i think i think that would be brilliant if he does a run in during the hall of fame ceremony and where ray finally the night before says all right that's it i've had enough you and me tomorrow night you and me sunday whatever it is once and for all if if I win, you done. If you win, I'm done. Whatever they got to do, call it a night. He could take off his mask in the ring. They could hug it out. They could, you know, whatever. Like, that would be, I think, a beautiful end to a very storied career. Started off at Hall of Fame night. I think that would be great.
0: Brother, we thank you so much for the time. Good job, as always. Have a great weekend, pot, and Enjoy some college basketball, bro.
2: Yes, indeed. Thank you. I hope you enjoy your weekend, too. And as always, go TARPs, and God bless America.
0: That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, as always. We appreciate his time. Sorry we couldn't get him on Wednesday for you all, but we made it happen on a Friday. On a Friday, Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk some NCAA tournament. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
2: Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax, Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before
4: it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff. On the back road, 325 Price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details.
5: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most.
7: guaranteed
6: time is money don't waste both running around looking for filters batteries and belts and related items fleet supply warehouse delivers Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Houma.
0: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisclair here. Hope that you guys are enjoying your Fridays as much as we are. It's been a good day here, man. We're uh, we're enjoying ourselves, passing a good time here in the studio. Um, this segment, I'm going to break down my thoughts from day one of the NCAA tournament. Um, first and foremost, before I do that, um, go on out in the next 24 hours. or Not today. It was obviously it's a monsoon outside today. But tomorrow going out to Thibodeau High School or ED White and go watch some high school baseball. There's going to be a lot of good high school baseball in our area. Games will be played throughout the day. Uh going out and support them. Also tomorrow if you're saying, "Ah, well, I don't I don't want to go to Thibodeau. you know, I'm looking for something down the you to do." <clears throat> tomorrow there's going to be biddy basketball at the Cutoff Youth Center. And also there's going to be the Kobe Seminole Memorial Foundation first annual cook-off at the Cutoff Youth Center. That'll be Tomorrow at noon, the sports corner will actually be out there from 10 to noon before the event begins. But while the cooking will be going on, we're going to be passing a good time there. They're going to be cooking from a show uh, show You can't beat that uh, with a stick. There's going to be all sorts of good food and good dishes and and good people, most importantly, all uh, hosting an event in the name of community. And that's what it's all about. So just wanted to pass those two messages along um, while we had some time here on play by play. Thoughts from day one of the NCAA tournament, by the way, at halftime, number 10, USC, and number seven, Michigan State, are deadlocked, 34, all four minutes left in the opening half. Number 14, Kennesaw is a 36-34 lead over number three, Xavier, so a little bit of an upset, maybe brewing there. Day one thoughts. Um, The first thing is, I think Texas looked like the best team in the country yesterday. That's my day one thought. From the NCAA tournament. Texas comes into the event playing really, really well. They have gotten some wins against quality competition in recent weeks. Hell, they've beaten Kansas twice in recent weeks. I can make the argument they maybe should be a one seed based on the way that they're playing coming in. So Texas looked really good yesterday. They're playing with pace. They scored 81 points yesterday. They're defending. They've got length. And the thing that was noticeable about them is they just moved the ball so well. They got so many good shots yesterday against Colgate. College basketball offenses, look, man, I ain't going to lie to you. Most of them are not very good, right? Texas was 53% from the field, 56% from three, and had 20 assists on 31 made field goals. That's winning basketball, man. That means that the ball's moving, it's not getting sticky, and oh yeah, they had one, two, three, four guys in double figures and had a fifth guy with eight points. Their leading scorer actually had 23 points off of the bench. So they got a lot of different weapons, a lot of different targets, a lot of different guys that could touch you up, and I think that they, to me, looked like the best team that played yesterday. That's my first take. My second take was, (sighs) Houston's in trouble. Um Houston, I think, is in trouble, and I think they're in grave danger losing in round two to Auburn. They lose All American Marcus Sasser to a reaggravation of a groin injury in the middle of the first half against Northern Kentucky, and they never had like big time control over that game. They played great defense, and they won sixty three to fifty two. But without Sasser, this is not the same team they struggle on offense without him they unlike texas where we were talking about texas's ball movement and everything it's a completely different story with the cougars the ball got sticky settling for a lot of long jump shots uh only 13 assists for them yesterday houston could potentially be in some trouble in the next round against an auburn team that actually played pretty well yesterday winning their 8-9 matchup pretty decisively um UCLA looked great. That was very impressive. <clears throat> Duke looked great. That was very impressive. Man, I hate to say this, but you guys know I'm a North Carolina guy. Duke's good, bro. Duke is a good basketball team. They beat Or Roberts 74-51. to Or Roberts could score. Or Roberts got an offense that could really do some things to you. It didn't matter. Duke lined up, said, hey, guess what, bro? We're Duke. We're better than you. We're more athletic than you. We're going to bother and throw off the timing of every single thing that you do. And they dominated that game. They held a very good Oral Roberts offense to just 30% shooting. And the Blue Devils come into the game. I don't know why the ACC got so much flack this year. I'm watching the tournament and I'm thinking to myself, North Carolina is better than a lot of these teams. North Carolina was a 20-win team in the ACC and didn't get into the tournament at all, and that's okay. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not petitioning for North Carolina, but I'm also looking at this and saying, Duke was a 26-win ACC team that won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 games in a row coming in, and they were a 5 seed? Most years you do that in the ACC, you're a 1 or a 2 seed, so... Like I was a little surprised. Like the ACC got just zero respect from the country this year, and like the 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 ACC regular season champ Miami was a is a five seed. Like I don't know. the The rest of the country doesn't think highly of the conference, and I think that might end up being a mistake before it's all said and done. Um, another takeaway from yesterday, man. Teams. Teams just have a hard time closing out games. Uh, the ending of the Furman and Virginia game, like Virginia had that game won. You miss a front end of a one and one, leave some points on the board. You know, you make a mistake here, you 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 give up a foul there, and then you commit the stupidest turnover that I've ever seen in the history of basketball, and that leads to a three point shot, like. Teams have a hard time with the pressure on closing out games. Virginia had that game won. They had it cinched up. All they had to do was not do what they did down the stretch. They made mistake after mistake after mistake. And look, we're not talking about like a mistake as in missing an open three pointer. No, hey, man, that's just an execution mistake. That stuff happens, bro. We're talking like inexcusable mistakes. Like with 10 seconds left being trapped in the corner with a timeout, and then just throwing the ball up in the air. Like, what in the hell are you doing? That's like you, like Taylor and I talked about Biddy in the last seven That's something that a U8 player would know not to do. Dude, you have a timeout. Call timeout, get the ball inbounds again. They're going to foul you, go win the game with the free throw. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> It's crazy the way that that game ended, and Virginia is going to have the entire offseason to think about it and lament over it because, man, that was was a rough one. That was a rough way for that game to end. Another takeaway from yesterday, um, Alabama's really good. You guys know that. Uh, I, I picked them to be my national champion. They're really good. They rolled over Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi's not bad, bro. I saw them in the Southland Conference. That's not a bad team. Yeah, Corpus got 75 points on them, but Alabama got 96 points on them. Their offense just comes easy. They score easy, and they scored yesterday without their uh, star criminal... uh, My bad. Their star All-American freshman, Brandon Miller, really doing much. So Alabama gets a big win. They roll on to the next round. Um, The Crimson Tide looked pretty impressive doing what they do, and Miller yesterday, as we said, had zero points. He was not a factor, so... If he gets rolling, boy, that offense could be even better, which is a scary thought for their competition. Today, uh, as we said, Kennesaw leading Xavier. I I think there's going to be some upsets today, Bubba. I look at this matchup or these brackets, I think that there's going to be some upsets today. I wouldn't be surprised if Kennesaw holds on all the way to the end against Xavier. VCU could beat St. Mary. Vermont could give Marquette hell. Iona could give UConn hell. Drake could give Miami hell. Like I really, truly believe looking at these brackets that today there's a chance for the seams to get busted open. I don't think that there's a big time powerhouse program playing today at all. I think everybody that's on the list today, the two th- the two seeds, the three seeds, the four seeds, I think all those teams are vulnerable and I think it's a spot in a situation where we could potentially see all hell break loose and I'm here for it. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll give you my weekend predictions. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
6: Hi, my name is Reggie Day. I am running for the Greater Lafourche Port Commission, CE. I'm number one on the ballot with 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon. I am a proven leader and focused on our future. I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th, paid for by the regular Day Campaign Fund.
0: What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community, resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong.
1: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving LaFouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs and Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and many more. Industrial power systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at six three two sixteen ninety two, or come see us on the back road in Galliano.
0: Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes.
5: I also know that I will be one of the first to respond
2: if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station.
3: you have a pest control problem?
7: Guaranteed.
6: Made in America. A simple idea that means everything at Mueller Metal Roofs and Buildings. It means local branches, dealing with friends and neighbors you trust. It means innovation, leading the way with better solutions. It means caring about our products and even more about the people who use them. It means pride in a job well done. Mueller. Made in America. Made to last.
3: There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I can try for your heart. And our dreams. And they we
0: thank Chandler Guitros. We thank Taylor Griffin all oh, for the time. It's been a good play-by-play so far, and we've still got about 20 minutes or so left to spend with you all today. So let's get to the weekend predictions. Um, my first weekend prediction comes from college baseball. <laughs> Can't wait. LSU is going to put it on Coltsville AM. and m It's going to be bad. LSU is going to beat the snot out of Texas A&M this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Um, the Tigers come in rolling. Look, Texas a and is really good too now. If they win a game, I wouldn't be surprised. But we're trying to not even do that. I think LSU's got the best pitching. I think LSU's certainly got the best hitting. A&M's got the home field advantage. But they're 13-4 and coming in. They lost to a Lamar team that LSU just blasted. They lost to Portland a couple of times. Like They've got some ugly losses on their resume. And I think that LSU is going to be able to put it on them pretty good. First game tonight will be on the SEC Network. First pitch at 6 o'clock. Let's go. Been waiting on this for a long time. Let's go. A&M beat LSU last season. God, I hate Texas A&M, man. God. I shouldn't dislike something as bad as I dislike that school um. but yeah <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah let's go LSU is going to be ready they've got Skeens throwing today Ty Floyd throwing tomorrow Uh, yeah they've got that offense ready to go it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully LSU can make me look good with my prediction even if they lose two out of three or even if they get swept it doesn't change my opinion I think the Tigers are one of if not the best team in the country but it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun Next weekend prediction, chaos in one bracket, chalk in the other. I think that the men's tournament is going to be chaos. We're going to see upsets galore. We're going to see this team beating that team, and no one's going to have seen it coming. I think it's going to be a very, very chaotic weekend where we're going to see all sorts of upsets and several brackets get busted, and a lot of the top teams go out on the men's side. On the women's side is going to be Chalk City. We're going to see the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours move on with ease. And that's just a byproduct of the sport. There's not any parity in the women's game. That's the reason why UConn and South Carolina and all those types of teams move on with ease every single year. We're going to not see anything different than that here this weekend in the women's tournament. I think the biggest of the big dogs are all going to get easy wins. And I think the men's tournament is going to be a little bit of the opposite. I think we're going to see some chaos. LSU, I think they're going to win today against Hawaii, but I got to tell you, I think LSU's in for a challenge in the second round. I think that LSU could potentially maybe get upset in the second round between the winner between UNLV and Michigan. UNLV's 31 and 2, playing some really good ball. Michigan is 22 and 9, but they play in a great conference, the Big 10 where there's a lot of big the uh, powerhouse programs. So, don't be surprised if LSU catches hell. And in that round two matchup, I think they're going to get by Hawaii pretty comfortably, though, in the opening round. Um, Next weekend prediction comes from the world of the NBA. I think the New Orleans Pelicans are going to win those get right games over the weekend against the Rockets, and I think that they're going to get themselves in better position. The Pelicans are 33 and 36 and it's must win mode. They cannot afford. I know I talked about this earlier in the week. If you start losing games on the road against the Houston Rockets, a team that is not even interested in winning at this point in the season, you start losing those games, you're in desperately big trouble. You start losing those games, that's when the locker room's going to start shaking its head saying, "Man, what the hell is going on?" That's when you could potentially start having big time problems. And I think that we're going to see Um, the Pelicans fight back against that? Are the Rockets going to challenge them? Are the Rockets going to compete? Are they going to play hard? Yeah, sure. They're going to do all that stuff, but they're just not going to be good enough. I think the Pelicans are going to win the get-right games and are going to kind of ease some of the tensions. Weekend prediction. Green Bay is going to continue to dig their heels in. They're not going to just give Aaron Rodgers away. They're not going to just give Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, nor should they, by the way. Nor should they. If we're in a, a world where Deshaun Watson is getting traded for a million first-round picks and Russell Wilson's getting traded for a million first-round picks, it's not too much to ask for Green Bay to want a first and a second or two firsts or whatever their asking price is. That's not too much to ask. So I think that they're going to continue to dig their heels in. I think it's the right thing to do. And if the Jets are not willing to meet that price, then guess what, Aaron? You got two options: you could go back and play in Green Bay, or you could retire. And again, like the, the way that I phrase this every day, it sounds like like I'm a, I'm an Aaron Rodgers hater, and I'm really not. I'm not like I'm a fan of. I think he's I think he's incredible, and I think if he goes to the Jets, like he's going to change that entire franchise, right? But I think that there needs to be a line in the sand drawn where players can't just dominate where they're going to play. You're under contract. You just signed a contract extension. So you're either going to play for Green Bay or you're going to play for who Green Bay tells you you're going to play for. You can't then say, oh, well, I I want out, guys, But but... Yeah, I don't want you to trade me to the Colts. I don't want you to trade me to the Texans. No, no, no. I want you to trade me specifically to the... No, that's not how it works. And and look, I, I just threw out the Colts and the Texans at random. They're not interested. They're not involved in this. But it goes to the greater point. Like when Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans, it wasn't, okay, hey, I'm disgruntled. Would you guys mind trading me? It was, okay, I'm disgruntled. You're trading me to the Lakers. That's not in the spirit of how this works. That's so bad for professional sports. I don't mind a guy asking for a trade, but New Orleans should have been able to trade him to the Timberwolves or trade him to the Orlando Magic or trade him to the Grizzlies or trade him wherever the best offer came from. No, it was, I. you're trading me to the Lakers, bro. Sorry, I, I, I get that you know, you're looking out for your best interest, but you're trading me to the Lakers. That's horrible. That's horrible for professional sports that that's the way things work now. And I want one time, just this one time, I want the team that holds the asset to win one. I want Green Bay to be fairly compensated. I want them to get the first-round picks that they desire. I don't want them to have to wait this out and panic and then accept a third-round pick or some trash. No, they possess Aaron Rodgers' contract. A newly re-signed Aaron Rodgers, mind you, and I hope that they get fairly compensated for that. Let's see what else we got here as a weekend prediction. I think Nickel Softball is going to win a series out in Commerce this weekend. I've really enjoyed doing ESPN Plus of Nickel Softball. Man, that's a fun team to be around. I enjoy doing ESPN, ESPN Plus in general, but that's a fun team to be around, and that's a team that I really enjoy. So that's been really good. I think SmackDown tonight is going to post a huge number. I think they're going to continue to further the storylines. That's another weekend prediction. I could make that prediction every weekend. You know, that's um, They've done such a good job that it feels like that's almost low-hanging fruit. It's almost like that's, that's a cheap one to talk about. I think Venezuela's gonna knock out the United States tomorrow from the World Baseball Classic. Venezuela's got some guns, bro. Talking about boys like Ronald Acuna. Like they got some dudes, bro. They got some guys on that team that could play. You're beating the Dominican Republic, you're beating Puerto Rico, you're beating, you know, all the teams that they have played so far. The United States are limping through the tournament. I think it comes to an end for us tomorrow against that Venezuela team. I watched the teams play. I watched Venezuela play against the Dominican Republic, it um, the vibe is completely different. Our guys are protecting themselves, trying to not get hurt, trying to just kind of limp around, lollygag around. Venezuela's playing this stuff like it's Game 7 of the World Series. So if the United States doesn't meet that energy, doesn't match that energy, they're getting run out. They're going to get run out tomorrow. Now, they may do it. Talent for talent, the United States has as good, if not better, a roster. Well, let's not get it twisted. But if they don't meet the energy tomorrow, they're getting run out. In NFL free agency, I think we're going to see some big moves continue to get made. There are still some good free agents that are left available. <clears throat> um, I'm curious to see the market for Ezekiel Elliott. Um Everybody's down on Ezekiel Elliott, man. Like I don't think he's bad. Like I I is he what he was when he was a rookie? No, of course not, but I'm looking at a dude that when he was hurt, the Dallas offense wasn't the same without him. And looking at his market and there's not 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 a whole lot of teams that are talking about him and not a whole lot of teams that seem to have interest. This dude had 12 rushing touchdowns, 876 yards last year. He catches the ball pretty well at the backfield is a great pass blocker. Like, I still think he's got something to offer. I just didn't think... Look, it's not that Dallas got rid of him because they think he sucks. Dallas got rid of him because they think it sucks paying him $16 million a year. That's why Dallas got rid of him. I could even see a world where um, there's not a big market for him. And then before the season, he signs like a one-year $4 million deal with Dallas. You know, get released and then sign back with the team that cut you for less money. I could I could absolutely see that being a possibility. NBA, I think my 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 guy Joel Embiid is going to continue to be a monster. I think he's going to have a big weekend. They're playing the Charlotte Hornets tonight. I think they're going to beat up on the Charlotte Hornets. Joel Embiid <laughs> is just at another level right now. 33 points. Getting close to 34 points now, 33 and a half points a game, 10.2 rebounds a game. He scores 35, 40 points every game against Cleveland the other night on Wednesday. Played 38 minutes, 36 points, 18 rebounds, three assists, four blocks. Like the dude is unbelievable. I was wrong. I know I like to brag about how right I am about different things. I was wrong out of Kansas. I didn't think in a million years that this is what was going to happen to this young man. I thought, you know, he's he's injured too much. He's you know he's not gonna be able to hold up. You know, he he's I don't like centers. I'm not really a big center guy. I think that the league is more guard-driven. Oh, I was wrong. That dude is a bad mamma jamma. He's shooting 54% from the field, explosive mid-range, 35% from three, gets to the free throw line 12 times a game. He's a great rim protector, blocking shots, doing everything necessary for the 76ers, in my opinion, to be a legitimate threat to win the NBA championship. The 76ers are not decisively worse than anybody in the NBA. Could they beat Denver in a series? I think they can't. Denver, I think, is the only real threat in the Western Conference. I think the Western Conference is a garbage pile. I don't think the Suns are any good, even with Kevin Durant. I don't think they have enough depth. The Grizzlies are a mess. The Kings, I don't trust them as far as I could throw them. The Clippers have Russell Westbrook, enough said. The Warriors are 7-27 away from home. The Timberwolves, nothing with Carl Anthony Towns on it is anything that I want. The Mavericks have Kyrie Irving, enough said. The Lakers have an aging roster. The Thunder aren't all that interested. The Pelicans are a mess. Everything in the West besides for maybe Denver's kind of a mess, I think all of the best teams are in the East. The Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Cavs, Knicks, like all of those teams I think could beat all those other teams from the West. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how the playoffs shake out knowing that that's the way that the balance of it all is flowing. High school baseball prediction. I think that we're going to see uh, Thibodeau continue to play well at their home tournament. <laughs> I think E.D. White's going to play well at their home tournament. And going into district play, I think we're going to start to further separate the contenders from the pretenders in our local area. Some of that separation is starting to happen now. I think that we're going to continue to further see some of that separation continue as we go forward. Those are all the predictions I got. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, I'm going to give you some betting picks, some things that you can maybe pay attention to in the NCAA tournament and beyond. It's play-by-play on KLEB. One more segment to go on what I think has been a good show. We'll be right back after this.
4: You're listening to KLEB 1600 AM and K274DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The music on the Bayou, the Rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all new Rage Cajun, 102.7 FM.
7: Attention event managers, Joe Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair, or festival, let Joe Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joe septic at viscom.net. That's joe septic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas.
5: Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide health care for our community. To discover more, please visit TGHealthSystem.com.
3: One
0: more segment to go here on play by play. I want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation, <clears throat> Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors were price is priority proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And Reggie Lade, Greater Lafouche Port Commission seat E candidate. Um early voting continues until tomorrow, by the way. Look, I don't not my preference uh, either way of who someone votes for, though we certainly wish Mr. Lede best of luck in his efforts. But my, my preference is that people just vote in general. Go and exercise your right to vote. Go take advantage of your American liberties. Whether you early vote, whether you vote on Election Day, that, that's up to you. But take advantage of your right and your opportunity to vote. I've got some betting picks for you all today to wrap up the show as we always do here on Play by Play. We've got some different things that we're looking at from the world of college sports and beyond. Start in the NBA. We'll give you the March Madness stuff after. We're starting the NBA. I like the Hawks, minus four and a half over the Warriors. The Warriors are without Draymond Green. The Warriors, as we just told you, don't win road games. The Hawks need it. Well, hell, the Warriors need it too, but I think the Hawks are going to get it because they're on their home floor. I like them today. I like the Grizzlies, minus eight and a half against the Spurs. The Spurs are terrible, man. Look. I'm not the biggest Popovich guy, though I am obviously capable of admitting the fact that he's great and he is historically great. But I'm not the biggest Popovich guy. Um, but it's a shame that his career's ending coaching these guys. Uh, the Spurs are a train wreck. They're not interested in winning at all. Watched them play the Mavericks the other night and it actually worked out because I had the Dallas money line on the game, so I was rooting for Dallas. But the Spurs are up like six or seven late and then just decided, yep, we're not winning tonight. And then just started doing dumb stuff. Like, they are obviously tanking. They're obviously trying to not win. And it's a shame to see Popovich go out like that. The Grizzlies are just in a different plane. They're in a different level. They're an eight-point favorite tonight. I think they're going to go to San Antonio and beat the snot out of the Spurs uh let's see also NBA tonight I like the Lakers minus six over the Dallas Mavericks the Mavericks are likely without Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving again without them, as we said a minute ago they're capable of losing to the Spurs (laughs) so I think that the Lakers who are fairly healthy minus LeBron James are going to be able to put it on them the Lakers need it the Lakers have to have it and I think they're going to get it tonight NCAA tournament today I like let's see um Let's go over 123.5 for VCU and St. Mary's. I think that both of those teams will be able to score on the other enough to carry that over. Today, I like um, Iona plus 10 against UConn. I think that Iona is more than capable. One seats have been rolling. I like Purdue minus 23 against Fairleigh Dickinson. I like Kentucky minus 4 against Providence and I'll give you one more in the NCAA tournament. I like, oh, man, no, I don't like any of these. I thought I was going to give you one more, but I'm not going to just give you one for the sake of giving you one. So, no, I'm not going to throw anything else out there at you. Um, World baseball classic stuff, I'm betting against the Americans against Venezuela tomorrow. There's no line posted on that yet. I just don't trust the Americans, man. I don't think they're able to play at the level that Venezuela is going to require them to play to win. So when that line gets posted, I'm probably going the other way as much as it shames me to say that. Actually, the line is posted. Venezuela is a plus 102 uh, underdog. So, hell, I think that there's definitive value there. Mexico and Puerto Rico um, is about even line. So they got some opportunities to bet on some WBC stuff if you so choose to do so over the weekend. That's all for me today. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. It's crummy weather right now. It's raining and all that good stuff. It's nasty, but that's not going to last. Tomorrow's going to be beautiful. Sunday's going to be beautiful. Take advantage of it. Spend some time with family. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. We'll also have the Sports Corner tomorrow live from the Cutoff Youth Center. We'll be broadcasting from the Jambalaya Cook-Off. There's going to be good food for days out there at the Cutoff Youth Center. So come on out. Pass a good time with us. Casey Justclare saying goodbye. Have a wonderful rest of the day, you all. God bless.
4: The French Connection, the all new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
0: Hi.